when you model or you help your children work through emotions, when they grow up, they're able to work through their emotions a lot better. And, and I think that the reason that we see the, the term Karen, I believe, came about because adult women, and now there's, I think Ken is the other alternative, like the Ken is the male version, so you've got Ken and Karen. But those terms came about because adults did not learn how to regulate their emotions, so they act crazy and, you know, call the manager, bring the manager over, I have to complain, blah, 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 because they don't know how to emotionally regulate. I'm Rachel and I'm Marcela and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcela. I am so excited to be back with you today. Yes, me too. Okay, so we continue on our series called Gentle Parenting Objections. This is part two. And then last time we talked about objections about discipline. This one is more like futuristic objections. What people imagine how gentle parented children are going to turn out. The things that we're doing right now, what's creating with all the things that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I've heard crazy things online, such as, this is why we have so many... Uh, snowflakes, they call them snowflakes, snowflakes. People who, uh, entitled brats, or even they relate the people who abuse and the school shooters and, you know, crazy people who, who commit crime with children who were gentle parented and I don't know where they got that. I think they're, they're assuming that those children had no discipline. So that's why they are going into schools or think they can break rules. I think that's the thing is that they think that we're not disciplining and they think that we just let our children do whatever they want. And that's what they see in these children that are doing horrible, terrible acts is that they think, oh, that child just thought, well, I can do whatever I want. And usually it's the exact opposite. Most of these children have been raised in very strict, very authoritarian, even abusive or traumatic environments. Yes. I mean, for somebody to say it's okay to go and, and kill people at grocery store, you, I mean, you have to have a lot of trauma, <laughs> For somebody to say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to plan on hurting other people, for sure that that person have to have a lot of trauma or things going on. I'm not saying that that justifies it, but just because they were gentle parented is not going <laughs> to, it's not going to take somebody to say, I'm going to take a gun and go and, and kill people, you know? Yeah. Something that I hear a lot in my comments, both from gentle parents and then also from skeptics, is they want to know how children actually turn out. Like, is there any long-term effects? Like, we don't know. Gentle parenting is so new. It's actually not positive parenting. The term gentle parenting is more popular now, 
But there were many books written in the early 2000s about gentle parenting. There are tons of resources. And not only that, there were a lot of studies done in the early 2000s that I want to reference. One of the things is that people who are skeptical of gentle parenting want to know, well, if you're just always talking to kids about their feelings, like, what is that going to do? The world doesn't care about their feelings, okay? Well, working through emotions with something called responsive parenting, which is essentially modeling emotional regulation to your child, that was actually shown to increase emotion regulation associated with various positive outcomes among children and adolescents. This was Bornstein 2002 for the site of the study. So essentially what this is saying is that when you model or you help your children work through emotions, when they grow up, they're able to work through their emotions a lot better. And and I think that the reason that we see the, the term Karen, I believe came about because adult women, and now there's, I think Ken is the other alternative, like the Ken is the male version, so you've got Ken and Karen. But those terms, came about because adults did not learn how to regulate their emotions. So they act crazy and, you know, call the manager, bring the manager over. I have to complain, blah, 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 because they don't know how to emotionally regulate. So when we are taught that in childhood, we are able to do it later on in life. That same study, Bornstein 2002, showed that when you involve children in the decision-making process of things like rules and guidelines, you get increased compliance from the child and more self-regulation among these children. Like that's mind blowing, right? Like that's so exciting to think that's power with parenting. If you're confused about that phrase, go back and listen to last week's podcast episode because we talk about three types of parenting, power over, which is traditional parenting, authoritarian, power under, which is very permissive, just do what you want. I, I want to be hands-off. I'm exhausted. We kind of tend to teeter between these as parents sometimes anyway. But the best for children is something called power with parenting, where we involve children in the process. And Bornstein 2002 showed that actually, actually increases their compliance and their ability to self-regulate later on. It's amazing. My twins have been gentle parented since birth, and they are currently in traditional environments. They go to public school, they go to jujitsu, and jujitsu, I mean, the teachers are very power over, you do what I say, they put kids in timeout. And I've seen how they handle that environment compared to the other kids. Last week, the teachers put one of the kids in timeout. And as soon as the kids sat down and then he saw that he was separated from the group, he started crying. And then the teacher ignored him. Santiago, he went by him. He pat his shoulder. And as soon as he did that, the the kids started to calm down. (laughs) And then he kind of stayed by him. Not too close, but he kind of stayed by him until his timeout was up. (laughs) How precious that is. That happens when... They're able to reflect and see others. For sure, I believe that it was gentle parenting 
what created that kind of empathy. Why the other kids didn't go? Very possible they felt empathy for the little kid, but for them, it might have been normalized. Mm -hmm. I get time out anywhere, or they might have been so scared of, this could be me. <laughs> I better yeah. not do anything because they're, they're scared that it could be, they could be next. Mm -hmm. And the demeanor of the parents as well. He wasn't the only kid that was putting time out that day. They put like three or four in time out. <laughs> and then I saw the, the faces of the parents uh, that were sitting, not in a judgmental way, but just in a curious way, what they were doing. And their face was kind of like, you better, you better not go to time out. Or you better, like it was, like I could tell on that stirred up more anxiety in those kids. Um, yeah. And why my children in that day, that was rough for everybody, it was rough for the kids, it was rough for the teachers. Why did my twins didn't go to timeout? I believe a big part of that was because they found comfort when, when they looked at me and instead of me having the demeanor of, you better act right, Otherwise, they're going to be in trouble, not just here in Jiu-Jitsu, but with me. <laughs> but they saw in my eyes that I was connected to them. And if anything, I would help them. Yeah. Then they didn't feel as anxious or scared. So that's what secure attachment could do. When children have secure attachment and they are in traditional environments, maybe very authoritarian traditional environments, they're able to tap into the attachment that they have with you, even if you're not present, and find inner safety just by remembering that they're still accepted love, even if you're not right there. Yes, well, and that brings up such a good point because on the topic of you're raising a snowflake, like if you're so gentle and kind and compassionate and understanding at home, they're going to get out there in the real world and be like thrown to the wolves and crumble under the pressure and they're, you know, all of this stuff. And it's, it's doing the exact opposite. It is what, what I saw was that the, I don't know why, but the teachers were having a hard time managing the class. And then the kids were getting anxious. And out of all the kids, the ones that I saw more attuned and relaxed were my twins. Yeah, which may very well be the only gently parented children in that room, you know? And like, it's really, it's so interesting to look at how, how they handled that environment where not only did they see a very authoritarian approach coming from the jujitsu leaders, but they also saw a whole bunch of children getting in trouble and like they had that inner safety and inner peace to not only like stay with like to be compliant with their leaders, but also to comfort, to be empathetic and to comfort the other children. And it helped the other child. So that that's such a great example of it's actually doing the opposite. We're afraid that we're going to, that we, we think we, I've got to be tough in the home to raise my children for a tough world. I need to be hard on them because the world is hard. I can't tell you how many times I hear that in my comments and you probably do too. And it's, it's actually the opposite. And there are, thankfully, there are parents like you and I who can say that as our children get older 
But also there are long-term studies on this stuff that I think people just haven't seen yet. There was another study done by Rogman Boyce and I think you say this, Innocenti in 2008. And it was over developmental parenting as categorized by parental affection, teaching children and encouraging children. And this is what they found. There were numerous positive outcomes among children and adolescents that were parented this way. Okay. And this is the, it's like a laundry list. Increased compliance, greater cognitive abilities, more school readiness. So they were actually better prepared for school, less negativity from these children, more willingness to try new things, better cognitive and social development, so they were able to connect with their peers better, better language development, better conversation skills, and less antisocial behavior. So that kind of encompasses all of the things that people tell us we're ruining our children. You know, you're ruining your children if you're gently parenting them because they're not gonna be able to do all of these things. Well, respectfully, the research disagrees with you. And there are many, many other studies that are available online. This is, you know, you can find all of this research. But I just want to encourage parents that they're, if they're in this place thinking like, I just don't know if this is the right thing to do for my children because I don't know if they're going to be prepared for the real world. I hope that this is what you needed to hear, that they not only are they going to be prepared for the real world? They're going to be able to change the real world. The more of us who are gentle parenting, the less likely we're going to have Karens and Kins and all of that in the future. We're not going to have people blowing up and you know storming out of places because they actually know how to regulate their emotions and they know how to effectively communicate through issues through problems without resorting to fear manipulation or control-based tactics now you have an ebook how can the ebook support this process mm. yeah you know whenever i wrote the considerate conversation formula it was really I, i wrote it originally for myself it was kind of like i needed a tool to help me in the moment i needed something to like give me steps <laughs> That's the way my brain works. I need a step-by-step -step formula and I needed it to be super simple. But I also, as I was writing the book, I was thinking, I don't want this to just be something I can use with my two-year-old. Um, that was, she was two at the time, whenever I wrote it. I want this to be something I can use forever. And I want this to be something that other parents can use forever. So the considerate conversation formula, it, it is a five-step, very simple formula to move children from chaos to calm. And it's a, it's a conversation flow, essentially. And it gives you five simple steps to know how to respond in a moment when your child is going crazy and be able to talk to them by identifying the underlying need meeting that need, and then going back and addressing and correcting behavior. It's just a simple conversation flow. And it made a world of difference for me. And that was one of the reasons why I turned it into an ebook. I originally wrote it because I was like, okay, I'm going to take all this knowledge that I've gained 
And I'm going to create something for myself that I need because I still found myself saying, what did that one book say? What did that one video say? What did that one class say? I need to know what I'm supposed to do here in the moment. You can hear Peyton playing in the background. Um, and I, I wrote down what I do. I was like, okay, this is, this is what I do whenever I am able to handle it well. Let me see if I can actually figure out a phrase to use with this. And I did. And I, I turned it into an ebook. And I, I love it's helped thousands of parents now. And if you feel like this is something that you need, if you're in that place where you're just like, okay, I need something in the moment because I've listened to all of your TikToks and I listened to all of your reels and I have attended the free classes and I still find myself being in this place where I'm just like, okay, what do I do right here in the moment? You can open uh, the description of this podcast and there will be a link there for you and you can grab that and have it now in your toolbox. I was thinking about another story, but I want, I want you to imagine something. The, if you're listening to us, the cycle breakers listening. Cycle breaker, imagine this. Imagine that the next time that your child faces an uncomfortable situation with an unsupportive, non-gentle parenting adult, that instead of your child feeling scared and scared to death to speak up, that they're able to find the courage within themselves that you've been providing for them and speak up. How would you feel if your children were to go to the real world with that tool? That's what gentle parenting does. Children who were put down, shut down, don't speak to me that way. You do as I say. Don't have that tool. Number two, when your child is older and they are in their first romantic relationship, how would you feel then if they're able to spot on early signs of abusive interaction and get out right away instead of having grabbing the arm or speaking a certain way, being normalized to them and for them to realize that they're being gaslit, that they're being psychological and emotional abuse when it's already too late. Yeah. That's what gentle parenting can do for you and your child. Yeah. Number three, how would you feel in the future? Let's just say your, your child, your older child has had an interaction with a boss. And then they label them as like, you're lazy or you're like, whatever thing the boss wants to label them because they're, they're frustrated about something. That your child is actually able to filter those things that people say about them and don't internalize them because they already have a positive inner dialogue that you built in them. Yes. How would you feel about that for the future? Where This episode is about how they're going to turn out. That's how they're going to turn out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're doing, what we're doing. Beyond, beyond talking about addressing the tantrum today or the defiance today or my child says no all the time. I'm doing this for that future, for the tools, the emotional, psychological, 
and behavioral tools that they're going to have to be able to face the real world with assertiveness and self-esteem. It's interesting that you bring that topic up because I have been meeting with my therapist for now about a month and a half, maybe two months closer now. And pretty much every time I would meet with her in the beginning, we would see this theme of situations that I was in where I felt this need to stand up for myself. And I would get, I would almost have this like trauma response where my heart rate would skyrocket. My blood pressure would skyrocket my whole body. I literally felt like tightness in my chest. And I'm thinking, this is so bad for my health. And recently, a few weeks ago, I, there was a situation going on where, um, a, an acquaintance of mine started doing a series about gentle parenting that was very much speaking against it. And I was being tagged in her stuff. Um, and what was interesting is that this was, a, this was somebody that I have spoken to in the past that could have very easily, if they were seeking to understand they could have very easily come to me and said, hey, I, I want to wrap my brain around this because there are some things that I see in the gentle parenting world that I just do not agree with. And I would love to have a discussion about it. But they didn't do that because I don't think that their desire was to understand. It was absolutely to confront something that they really don't fully understand. And at first, whenever I was made aware that this series was going to happen, my initial re reaction was to stand up for myself again, right? And then I just heard my that little inner voice that was like, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to stand up for yourself anymore. You're loved. You are making a difference in this world. You're making an impact. Um, your voice is louder, really. I mean, that's that's what, it's like the message the message that I have is positive. The message that we have is positive and impactful. And it is, thank goodness, so loud. There are so many people that are listening and really leaning in and saying, yes, I want to see a change in the world. I want to see a change in myself. I want to see a change in my relationship with my children. And uh, stepping away from that felt so good. It felt so good to not feel this need to like buck up and stand up for myself, but to stand up for myself in not standing up for myself, you know, like to literally just be like, I, I know what I'm bringing to the table. I know the impact that I'm making in the world. And it's never from this like prideful place. It's just, I have a positive message and I'm not going to let anything get in the way of that positive message. And if somebody disagrees, there are a lot of people that disagree. And if I happen to know them, okay, that's no big deal. But I, it took therapy for, for me to get to that place. I want to provide my daughter with the tools to be able to do that without therapy. You know, like I want her to be able to just know I, I have a gift and I have a unique, um, I have a unique gift to give to this world. And it doesn't really matter what other people say about that. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I, I love all this and this is exactly how I want to raise my children. I just need some added tools. I want to encourage you again to open the description of this podcast and get the considerate conversation formula because this is a tool that's going to help you not just for now, but all the way until your children are 18 and beyond. 
And we also want to remind you to leave a review. If you found this podcast helpful, we would love to hear from you. So write us a review and let other people, let other parents know what you think about the Parenting with Understanding podcast. If you are an HIC cycle breaker and you have one of the tools within HIC parenting education, you can actually join our HIC cycle breaker community. It is totally free to join. You just have to be a customer of HIC parenting education. So there's also a link to that group in the description of this podcast. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.